Blog Talk Radio. Lucid's Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations, and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which always is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have within you the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together we'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, The Spiritual Roots of Depression. Part 2, and before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors in your site, and Alice Bailey wrote 24 volumes of literature, and those 24 volumes of literature are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. Just as long as one identifies oneself with his emotions, just as long as one interprets life in terms of his moods and feelings, just as long as one reacts to desire, just so long will he have his moments of despair, darkness, doubt, distress, and depression. They are due to the glamour of the emotional plane, which reverses and deceives. I think there's so much truth to this. I know that things are seem different today. I remember back to when I was maybe 12 or 13, I remember my nana looking, and she was quite well into her 70s by that time, and I remember her saying to other aunts and uncles around the table, you know, people aren't as happy today as they were years ago, and we had our challenges and our problems and our obstacles to overcome, but this generation doesn't seem to laugh or really be genuinely happy. I don't know. Do you, do you think she was right? or? <laughs> I think she was on to something because um, the Alice Bailey writings touch on um, a change or a shift in the conditions, the subjective psychological conditions of the whole planet. And um, she lists a number of factors that might be at work in this um, um generation of greater depression than perhaps in simpler, happier times, such as your Nana remembered. For one thing, Alice Bailey said there are astrological factors, and I think that relates to the fact that we are in a transition from an old age governed by Pisces into a new age governed by Aquarius, and that means there's a a collision and a shifting and an impacting of very different types of energy, not only of those um, two signs, but a different ray energy is coming in. We've talked about the seven rays, and the old age of the last 2,000 years was governed by the sixth ray of devotion and idealism, 
and it's rapidly on the wane while this new incoming energy of the seventh ray of order and organization is coming in and they are very different and it almost cross purposes with each other that's one factor another is that um there are psychological factors that have to do, I suppose, with conditions that we've dealt with in the last century, which was the bloodiest in human history, and the awakening of the intellect of humanity, the growing mass literacy. The more mind we have, the more opportunity we have to be depressed. I think awareness brings depression until it's lifted up into a spiritual dimension. And another factor is something a little more subjective that she talked about I don't know if I can really describe it but she said that there is a change in the etheric condition the energy body not only of the planet but of every human being and of humanity as a whole she said that instead of the old physical vitality of human beings which was robust we are now drawing on resources of vitality that are no longer stored up in the soil, in the food, and fresh air. And when you think about it, a lot of our food is so synthesized and a lot of our air is so polluted. And how many of us till the soil anymore? We're not out in the sun and we're not out in the natural realm anymore like people in olden times were. And apparently just being with the earth gives a kind of a sustaining vitality. Now we are working more with ideas. And she said that means that we are aligning mind and brain with the minds and brains of others and opening ourselves to a kind of a mass impact or mass contact that brings us all along as a human race. And I was thinking about, for example, two recent events, September 11th, and the Southeast Asian tsunami, which swept the world consciously. We all shared in those experiences. People everywhere suffered as a result. And in a way, this is a sign of our, our oneness. But it has effects also that mean we are all moved along by despair and sorrow, even when it doesn't happen to us individually. And the other factor, of course, is the Internet and mass media, where we are all swept along by tides of emotion and feeling if we're not careful to guard ourselves from it. Right. It's because we're all part of this one, um, one etheric nature of the planet. And our etheric bodies are part and parcel of the etheric nature of the, of the Earth. And uh, so... Uh, and as the mind and nature of uh, human beings awaken, we become more sensitive to the mental um, ideas and thoughts that are circulating around the world that are generated by other people. And it's just a tremendous impact, as that quote is saying, it's an impact on our consciousness. And we are constantly being impacted by these ideas and you know, of course, television and the Internet is bringing us uh, more and more information about things that are happening in the world and the tsunami and uh, uh, everybody in the world was caught up into that. And uh, we, we felt deeply for the tragedy there and the same with uh, 
in New York and in Washington. Uh, and there was a, a tremendous outpouring of uh, affection and love at that time. And uh, so um, no wonder we are so subject to uh, the the impact of uh, of the soul because it is the group conscious soul that is beginning to work more through all of this mass movements. And I think it's really a necessary phase that we learn to suffer together and to share experience uh, of a spiritual nature, a psychological nature, and through that shared suffering to somehow find a way to elevate our consciousness onto the level of the soul. Experiencing the pain in the sense of commiserating with another person isn't very helpful, but it's a start, I guess is what I mean. And we have the some ancient rules from the Bhagavad Gita that can help us all as we accustom ourselves to this sharing and um, uh, universal experience of sorrow and also sometimes of joy. And um, we can remember, for example, when the Berlin Wall came down, there was nearly universal joy. We shouldn't forget that uh, there's also that kind of sharing. But the Bhagavad Gita reminded us of ways to overcome depression and doubt. One is to know thyself to be the undying one. No matter what happens to the physical vehicle, the inner being is undamaged and never um, obliterated. Control the mind, for through that mind the undying one can be known. Guard your thoughts. Don't give in to panic. Don't give in to fear and despair. Affirm that it is not so. There's a, a mantra from the writings of Alice Bailey that reality govern my every thought and truth be the master of my life, which is an excellent uh, mantra to remember when one is in a position of despair and doubt. And the Bhagavad Gita said, Learn that the form is but the veil which hides the splendor of divinity. Realize that the one life pervades all forms so that there is no death, no distress, no separation. And detach thyself, therefore, from the form side and come to me, so dwelling in the place where light and life are found. Thus illusion ends. So we have these ancient rules to help us um, overcome the despair and sorrow that come with a more universal consciousness, which is developing today. It's a beautiful thing, but we have to learn to manage it. And we have to learn to uh, understand that uh, of this dual nature that we have, the, the real part of ourselves, the soul aspect, and then the vehicle, as it's called, through which this soul works as it uh, makes its way into each life in in the world. It's a physical vehicle, and that's the way that the soul makes contact with the physical world. And in fact, it's the way that God reaches down to uh, to humanity into the lower dense kingdoms is by way of the soul, and that is the. Uh, inner self that uh, these um, these rules are trying to distinguish between the, the one who is undying and the uh, form through which this undying one uh, is veiled and hidden and uh, 
it's it's very very important to try to distinguish the difference it, which exists within you this undying one the thinker the one who is thinking and the thoughts that the undying one is thinking and uh, the field of thought so if you can distinguish the difference there then it's very helpful to uh, begin to make that realization well you made the point in the last program about the nature of the good being a cause of friction that can result in depression and I think that's an interesting thought our awareness of this higher self of the soul can have the effect of making us feel that we don't measure up to it that we are a poor vehicle for its expression but I think we can remind ourselves that if we didn't perceive the good if we didn't have some sense or recognition of it uh, we wouldn't be feeling any kind of disparity between who we are and what we hope to become somebody said um, um, if you search for God there is that within you which has already found him we wouldn't be looking for God if we didn't already have the divine essence within us awakening. And that can be a source of encouragement and sustaining, I think. For those people who just tuned in, you're listening to Inner Sight. Our topic for today, the spiritual roots of depression, part two. We have a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity. Serving Humanity is a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bally. It's available for $19. The um, special offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling. You have to write a little notation saying you heard about the offer on Inner Sight. A little bit about Serving Humanity. Serving Humanity is an inspiring compilation of extracts extracts that will help the reader's understanding of true service and why it's so important to spiritual development. And I think you'll find uh, uh, a couple of chapters dedicated to further understanding of this particular topic that we're exploring today, the spiritual roots of depression. You'll find that within the Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity. What you need to do is uh, send a check or money order, $19, to Lucis, Lucis is L-U-C-I-S, Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. All of our Inner Sight programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website also. So you can indeed see in advance what next program, Sunday's program will be. Contact us at our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. The easy way to remember it is 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. And once again, we thank you for your support in the form of, the form of those tax-free donations that you've sent in. Uh, those donations, both large and small, are, they would keep us on the air and enable us to continue with these radio shows. 
Once again, we're doing the spiritual roots of depression. And I would think, uh, Sarah, that what you said uh, earlier uh, might be totally accurate as far as that, you know, you were more or less... uh, in your tone of voice, it was more or less an implication that you weren't in sync with the idea of giving a person a pill to cure depression. <laughs> well, if they... Go ahead. I, I suppose, you know, you're probably right. There are probably some deep-rooted ideas. Though they might be spiritual that really are being manifested by depression. So, you know, the problem really never gets truly solved by a pill. Well, I, I would have to say, knowing nothing, I can speak freely, as Foster Bailey used to say. Um, I think there are different types of depression. I think we're using one word to cover a very wide range of conditions. And the people who have a condition of depression so severe that they can't get out of bed and go to work and care for themselves, I would say by all means take a pill if it helps. And I've heard of people being very well treated by medication. Um, What I'm talking about more today, what Dale and I are talking about, is a kind of melancholia, Mm -hmm. uh, an attitude of sorrow or of um, sadness that is not immobilizing, but at the same time can be kind of all-pervasive. And that kind of depression, I believe, is what Alice Bailey was talking about when she said that... um, it's our emotional polarization that lays us open to the um, uh, effect of depression. We are too seated, too fixed in our emotional responses to life. And that means in our desires, in our aspirations, our hopes, our fears. All of this is what exposes us to uh, the kind of depression that... that um, works out as the blues, melancholy, and so on. If we were less emotional and more mentally polarized in the life of the soul, we would take the ebbs and flows of life with more equanimity. And I think that is one of the cures to depression, just remembering that there are ebbs and flows to life. There are cycles. This too shall pass. Yes, and I think that... Everybody uh, has these ups and downs, and you know we we have our feelings of inferiority and our sense of failure from uh, maybe some of the jobs that we do in life. We say we we may lose our job or may lose our business, and uh, but you know, we have to look at this, and we're trying to point this out here. We have to look at this from the standpoint of the soul because the soul may have a completely different idea of what it is trying to accomplish in this particular life, and it may have nothing whatsoever to do with the loss of your business, and uh, the soul may simply see that as an opportunity to uh, take a new new stance, a new tact, a new uh, opportunity to move forward uh, in life, and uh, if one can try to understand it from the position of the the spiritual self, which is always uh, putting pressure on this outer personality to to, um, build towards the good, however it is interpreted, then um, you can begin to identify perhaps with the soul, because the soul is always working towards qualities, the qualities of its outer expression, its outer personality life. And uh, it may that may have 
nothing whatsoever to do with the, with the uh, loss of a business or a job or whatever. So that may not be a good reason <laughs> to to be depressed. Yeah, I think you're right when you say that the soul is concerned with quality. So the soul isn't concerned in the least with whether our business um, succeeds or fails, but it is concerned with the attitude and the reactions that we express um, regarding either event. Success can be a great challenge to the life of the soul if it leads to a deepening glamour of uh, a separated consciousness that feels apart from, better than, and uh, isolated from the rest of humanity and only cares for itself and a few people that it considers its own circle, that would be deadening to the life of the soul. So success can be just as great a, a crisis for the soul as failure. In both cases, it's how we respond. And if people could remember that, perhaps the the sadnesses and the sorrows and losses of life could be seen as challenges and not as failures. Yes, there are opportunities to yeah. to um, move forward or to try something new, something better. And this realization that um, life has cycles is one that I think is terribly important. There's an ebb and flow to life, not only on the individual level, but on the mass level. And all of us are experiencing ebbs and flows of energy that cause a kind of a uh, stress in our mental and emotional bodies that we may not give proper credit to. Seen from the level of the soul, perhaps we're doing beautifully, even when we're struggling with a sense of sadness and discouragement. There's a great deal of impact of energy today, according to the Ageless Wisdom. This is not an easy time to be living in. And um, as I've mentioned, there there's this teaching that the shifting of ray energies and of entering uh, a new age creates a, a terrific vortex of energy flow that is bound to um, whip all of us one way and then another. Maybe we should try to keep this bigger perspective in mind and not think that it's just a personal problem. Right, and that that's a good point because if since we do have this greater perspective of the world and the conditions of the world, they offer us the opportunity to look beyond our little self mm -hmm. and to see that uh, our little situation is not half as bad as, as, as it is in, with other people in other parts of the world. We're, we're doing pretty good here, uh -huh. actually. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, we have really nothing to be, uh, to feel inferior about or to have a sense of failure because our, uh, our situation is so much better in some ways. But, um, uh, so I think that this broader perspective is, is a very useful thing. If we can see it as a teaching tool. I think, yes, extending that awareness to include as much of humanity as we can identify with can take us out of our own little uh, isolated um, sphere of reference and that can be enormously liberating and it can help pick up our spirits. I've often wondered why Alice Bailey said joy is a special wisdom because we tend to think of depression and a sad uh, or cynical view of life as 
very intelligent, deep, somebody deep and, deep and wise, yes. <laughs> but in fact, she said joy is a special wisdom. And if you think of the early Christians who were said to be such joyful, happy people, and they retained their joy even as they went off to their imminent deaths. They were put to death by the early Romans for being Christian, but they were joyful. Why was that? The best I can imagine is that they had been in the presence of a degree of divine love that was so powerful, it was enough to get them through even the loss of their lives. What that suggests to all of us is to love more. Nothing can overcome depression quite as well as just cultivating the capacity to love. And I don't mean necessarily starting a personal relationship with someone, just loving in a universal sense. Those who are in our midst, our co-workers, our neighbors, our family, do something kind for perfect strangers. It will give you happiness. That can be enormously um, liberating. Yes, service is a very liberating activity. And also there is the realization from the writings of Alice Bailey that in this realization that joy brings us strength, it's not only better to feel joyful than depressed, it can also be strengthening to the soul. She said, this is not a time for gloom, for despair or depression. If you give way to these, she said, you become negative and destructive focal points in your environment. And I suppose that is something we should pay more attention to, the impact of our depression if we are prone to it on those around us. We are not only our own biggest problem, but if we're not careful, we can become somebody else's problem, and we don't want that. She said, if you truly believe that the spiritual life is fundamental in the world today, and if you believe that divinity guides the world, and that all people are your brothers and sisters, and that we are all children of the one Father, and if you are convinced that the heart of humanity is sound, are these not adequately powerful ideas to hold us joyously steady in the midst of a changing world? I find that very encouraging. Please take advantage of a, of a special offer from Lucis Publishing Company that we have today, and that's the Alice Bailey book, Serving Humanity, a compilation of extracts from all 24 books by Alice Bailey. It's available for $19. The special offer comes in the form of free shipping and handling. Serving Humanity is an inspiring compilation of extracts that will help the reader's understanding of true service and why it's so important to spiritual development. Send a check or money order, $19 to Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. That's Lucis Publishing, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. And if you need to call us for any reason, give us a call on our toll-free number, 1-866-695-8247. Easy way to remember it, one 866 ny Think of that, one 866 new york Lucis. You have been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called The Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words.
from the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Amazon has everything for back to school. Zebra lunchbox? Check. Cool Adidas gear like t-shirts, shoes, and backpacks? Check. Triceratops folders and pencils? Check. Lasercat t-shirts? Check. Get your back to school shopping done now at Amazon.com slash back to school and enjoy free shipping on millions of items. No need to leave your home or hassle with crowds. Amazon.com. No better place to get everything back to school from A to Z. If your A.C. is blowing hot air, let O'Reilly Auto Parts help bring back the cool this summer. While you may need to eventually service your A.C. unit, get immediate relief with Interdynamics Arctic Freeze R134A refrigerant with leak sealer for $32.99. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supply. See store for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.